Section 18 of A Book of Sibyls by Anne Thackeray Ritchie. The Sleepervox recording is in the public domain. Miss Edgeworth, Part 11. While Maria Edgeworth was at work in her Irish home, successfully producing her admirable delineations, another woman, born some eight years later, and living in the quiet Hampshire village where the elm trees spread so greenly, was also at work also writing books that were destined to influence many a generation but which were meanwhile waiting unknown unnoticed do we not all know the story of the brown paper parcel lying unopened for years on the publisher's shelf and containing henry tilney and all his capes catherine morland and all her romance and the great john thorpe himself uttering those valuable literary criticisms which lord macaulay writing to his little sisters at home used to quote to them oh lord says john thorpe i never read novels i have other things to do a friend reminds us of miss austen's own indignant outburst only a novel only cecilia or camilla or belinda or in short only some work in which the greatest powers of the mind are displayed the most thorough knowledge of human nature the happiest delineation of its varieties the liveliest effusions of wit and humour are conveyed to the world in the best chosen language if the great historian who loved novels himself had not assured us that we owe miss austen and miss edgeworth to the early influence of the author of evelina one might grudge belinda to such company as that of cecilia and camilla pride and prejudice and northanger abbey were published about the same time as patronage and tales of fashionable life their two authors illustrate curiously enough the difference between the national characteristics of english and irish the breadth the versatility the innate wit and gaiety of an irish mind the comparative narrowness of range of an english nature where however we are more likely to get humour and its never-failing charm long afterwards jane austen sent one of her novels to miss edgeworth who appreciated it indeed as such a mind as hers could not fail to do but it was with no such enthusiasm as that which she felt for other more ambitious works with more of incident power knowledge of the world in place of that one subtle quality of humour which for some persons outweighs almost every other something some indefinite sentiment tells people where they amalgamate and with whom they are intellectually akin and by some such process of criticism the writer feels that in this little memoir of miss edgeworth she has but sketched the outer likeness of this remarkable woman's life and genius and that she has scarcely done justice to very much in miss edgeworth which so many of the foremost men of her day could appreciate a power a versatility an interest in subjects for their own sakes not for the sakes of those who are interested in them which was essentially hers it is always characteristic to watch a writer's progress in the estimation of critics and reviewers in eighteen o nine miss edgeworth is moderately and respectfully noticed as a writer of novels and tales she has a marked peculiarity that of venturing to dispense common sense to her readers and to bring them within the precincts of real life 
without excluding love from her pages she knows how to assign to it its true limits in eighteen twelve the reviewer more used to hear the author's praises on all sides now starts from a higher key and as far as truth to nature and delineation of character are concerned does not allow a rival except don quixote and gil blas the following criticism is just and more to the point to this power of masterly and minute delineation of character miss edgeworth adds another which has rarely been combined with the former that of interweaving the peculiarities of her persons with the conduct of her piece and making them without forgetting for a moment their personal consistency conduce to the general lesson her virtue and vice though copied exactly from nature lead with perfect ease to a moral conclusion and are finally punished or rewarded by means which rare as a retribution in this world is appear for the most part neither inconsistent nor unnatural then follows a review of vivian and of the absentee which is perhaps the most admirable of her works we may all remember how macaulay once pronounced that the scene in the absentee where lord columber discovers himself to his tenantry was the best thing of the sort since the opening of the twenty-second book of the odyssey an article by lord dudley which is still to be quoted appeared in the quarterly review in eighteen fourteen what he says of her works applies no less to miss edgeworth's own life than to the principles which she inculcates the old rule was for heroes and heroines to fall suddenly and irretrievably in love if they fell in love with the right person so much the better if not it could not be helped and the novel ended unhappily and above all it was held quite irregular for the most reasonable people to make any use whatever of their reason on the most important occasion of their lives miss edgeworth has presumed to treat this mighty power with far less reverence she has analyzed it and found it does not consist of one simple element but that several common ingredients enter into its composition habit esteem a belief of some corresponding sentiment and of suitableness in the character and circumstances of the party she has pronounced that reason timely and vigorously applied is almost a specific and following up this bold empirical line of practice she has actually produced cases of the entire cure of persons who had laboured under its operation her favourite qualities are prudence firmness temper and that active vigilant good sense which without checking the course of our kind affections exercises its influence at every moment and surveys deliberately the motives and consequences of every action utility is her object reason and experience her means End of section eighteen